So good morning. Thank you all for coming today's class in the beautiful Bhagavatam by Sri Veda Vyasa. And today's uh, verse is Canto 1, Chapter 5, Text 8. Is yes. it 8? Yeah, can everybody see the board? Oh, that makes a big difference, doesn't it? Sri Nardavacha Bhavana Bhavatanu Dita Prayam Yaso Bhagavato Malam Inaiva Na Tusheta Manye Tad Darshanam Kilam Sri Nardavacha Bhavatanudita Prayam Yaso Bhagavato Malam Navasho Natushate Manyeta Darshanam Kilam Sri Narduvacha Bhavatanudita Prayam Yaso Bhagavato Malam Navaso Natushate Manyeta Darshanam Kilam Sri Narvacha Bhavatanu Dita Prayam Yasho Bhagavato Malam Navaso Natushita Manyeta Darshanam Kilam Shri Narada Uvacha Shri Narada Uvacha Bhavatanu 
Jai Sri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhupada Sri Adwaita Gadadhar Srivasari Gaur Bhakta Vrinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare So uh, I can I'm gonna say the verse and you can repeat. Sri Narda said Sri Narda said You have not actually broadcast. You have not actually broadcast the sublime and spotless glories of the personality of Godhead. That philosophy which does not satisfy the transcendental senses of the Lord is considered worthless. So, uh, Narada's kind of laying it right on the line. <laughs> He's not beating around the bush, you see. Uh, and we need to hear this. Sometimes we may hear this and we think, well, uh, yeah, I know that. You see, But we need to hear this again and again and again because we may sit here and, and say it and we think, oh, yeah, I fully understand. And as soon as we walk away, we'll start off on who knows what type of subject matter. You see, we have a tendency do that you know so there are some things we must talk about just to, to get through the day you know we must talk about um, uh, it's just like there was a dust storm in Phoenix when I was up there so people were talking about that you know don't go out at a certain time don't travel at this time so we talk about things like that uh, if there's heavy rains or heat high heat index we discuss these things you know to help us through the day but uh, when it comes to philosophies, uh, those philosophies that don't satisfy the transcendental senses of the Lord, you see, we're trying to, trans to we're, we're attempting to satisfy the senses of Krishna. We want to satisfy his, his senses. And as we've said so many times before, that kind of flies in the face of material thought, you know, because the, the immediate reaction when I say, your only purpose is to satisfy God's senses. Somewhere in the back of your mind, there's a little voice that says, What about me? What about my senses? Okay, I agree. You satisfy Christmas senses. When do we get around to me? You know? See? So, uh, how do we satisfy our senses? Our senses need to be satisfied too, don't they? How can our senses be satisfied if we spend all our time satisfying Krishna's senses? How does that work? They're uh, automatically satisfied. They're automatically satisfied. When Krishna's senses are satisfied, our senses are satisfied. The devotee offers everything to Krishna. The devotees enjoy, uh, you know, some people say, uh, they think the devotees are depriving themselves. And then other people may come here and they say, well, you guys are enjoying higher than anybody else. You're talking about this sense gratification. Look at the life you guys have. 
To the materialist, they don't understand. We offer everything to Krishna. Everything. So, it's just like we may offer some nice incense to Krishna. And then now we're smelling that incense. We offer nice foodstuffs to Krishna and then we take that foodstuff. You see, he wants us to take, he wants us to enjoy. It's a reciprocal situation. He wants our senses to be gratified. But we're gratified really just by the offering. You see? If Krishna ate everything that we put on the altar, then we could probably get by on a sandwich or something. We'd be just fine. You know, we'd say some prayer or whatever. We'd have to eat something. But we would be very happy if Krishna ate everything. That would be good. You see? He can do that if he wants. But he decides, no, let me let me share with you. I have become the author. I've actually eaten it by glancing at it. As soon as I see it and, and I taste the love and devotion that was put into preparing it. Now I have consumed it and I have become the offering. You offer him a stick of incense, Krishna becomes the stick of incense. You offer him a flower, he becomes that flower. You know, when we pass around the flower and we, we smell it, we're actually we're, the, the flowers that are offered to Krishna are sacred. You see, the ghee lamp is sacred. That's why we touch the flame to our head, you know. So, well, the devotee strives constantly to satisfy Krishna. We want Krishna to be happy and satisfied. And that makes us satisfied. So, as I said, that's a little uh, backward to uh, the material philosophy. Material philosophy is, what about me? When do I get mine? You see, I, I'm, de I'm deserved, I deserve this and I deserve that. You know, I'm a, I'm a good Republican and a, a good God-fearing man. So I deserve my rights. I've got my rights. You know, a lot in America people have so many rights and they're always you know, they're always wanting more, but they have so many rights. In other countries, you don't, you don't have such rights, you know. In most of the countries of the world, you do not have the right to remain silent. And anything that we say you said, you said, and we'll hold up in front of the court of law, you are not entitled to an attorney. <laughs> it's just like people complain you know, I heard there was some complaining a couple of years ago, especially in uh, Arizona, about the uh, racial profiling. You know, because they wanted to, they wanted to be able to ask for identification, proof of citizenship. You see, and people were, you know, only in America, maybe Canada, would this happen? But people were so upset. Which is, you're racially profiling me? How dare you? You know, well, I'd just come back from India and I was racially profiled everywhere I went. You know, I couldn't check into a hotel without showing my passport and giving them a copy of it to keep on file. You can't get on an airplane without showing your passport. It's a white face. I see you and I think, oh, you're not from here. Do you have papers? Isn't that fair? I mean, you can't, there's so many things you can't do. you got to show that passport. So I always take a few extra copies of, uh, of my passport because they want copies and monoprint. So I give them a copy, you know. 
you know, so I'm being racially profiled, aren't I? I feel so bad about it. So, uh, rights, I want my rights. It's all about me. What about me? I deserve, I deserve. I'm special. I'm an American. I'm a Caucasian American, you know. And you better move out of my way. <laughs> That's our thinking, you know. Uh, but it's not just the Americans, it's the whole world thinks like that. I, what about me? I'm special. You should, uh, you should look out for somebody. Should be looking out for me, not realizing that the Supreme Lord has always been looking out for us. Krishna's always taking care of us. I mean, it says here that the Supreme Lord, Prabhupada says in the purport, Krishna expanded as the living entities. You see, we are an expansion of Krishna. But why would He not take care of us? What makes you think that there is any care needed to be taken of us? We're eternal living entities. We're eternal parts and parcels of the Supreme Lord. We're made of the same stuff as He is. If you analyzed us under a microscope and Him under a microscope, you could find out, you know, the DNA is it's the same. You cannot tell the difference. Yet we have our individuality, you see. So, nothing can happen to us. Oh, these bodies need help. We, we pray for help with our body. You know, we take yoga and uh, work out and uh, exercise our, our bodies and uh, diet properly. Do our best, medicate ourselves, whatever we need to keep the body. But as far as us, we have nothing to worry about. We have no fear whatsoever. We are part and parcel of the Supreme Lord. He expanded to make us. You see? So, uh, uh, being part and parcel of well, people say, why? Why did he do that? Why did he expand to make me and all the rest of us? You see? So that we could offer loving devotional service. Is it because he wanted servants? Is that why? Is it? Maybe the uh, maybe the immigration laws are too are too heavy in, in the local Vrindavan and there's not enough people to do minimum wage work. So that's why we're looking for people to come and serve Krishna. Is that it? You know? <laughs> no. Krishna knows that you will delight by serving him. He knows that I am delightful. And I want you to serve me so that I can serve you in return. I want to have a reciprocal relationship. It's not one-sided. Not that we come and serve him and he's take, take, take and we're give, give, give. It's not that type of relationship. It's a reciprocal relationship. And in our current state, we have stopped it. Not all of you. All of you are serving Krishna. But the typical living entity, they've ceased to perform their function. They're not a part of uh, the situation as it should be. They're not serving Krishna. You see? They're not, they're not performing their activity of satisfying Him by offering Him love. Now, some people may argue, well, yes, I do. I, I, I love Him and I 
You know, I say a prayer every day. You know, I don't go to the temple every day like you guys, but I say a prayer every day. You know, I ask him for my daily bread. I ask him to uh, take care of my car. I'd ask him to cut the, the grass if he had a lawnmower. You know, I'm trying so, so hard to engage him in my loving devotional service, you know. Give me my daily bread. First thing I want. Good morning, God. How are you? Where's the bread? Shiloh <laughs> Prophet says, you're asking God for daily bread. Daily bread is there. It's there for all living entities. Prophet said like that. The birds, the squirrels, why are we not, why do we think we're not taken care of? Why do we have to ask Him? Why don't we start out by saying, Good morning, my dear Lord, here is your daily bread. I have baked it for you. I, I, I hope you enjoy. You see, that is the function of spiritual life. Material life is gimme. Gimme, gimme. No. Put it right there, Lord. Yes. But aren't most people praying for material comfort? Yes. And freedom from pain and mm -hmm. suffering, but everything is still on the body level. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's exactly right. It's very common. I'm not saying that's bad. I'm just not saying it's not on the bhakti level. The bhakti level, I mean, there are different levels of, of spiritual life. So, um, uh, on the Kanishta level, we're at, always asking, and I'm complaining, I need this and I want that, for me, for me, for me. And after all, I'm performing worship, I'm going to the, to the temple, why shouldn't I be taken care of? Give me, give me, you know. I remember uh, uh, one time uh, my sister invited me to go to her church. She said, church, either Church of God or Church of Christ, I don't remember what. So I, I, I went and I, I found it interesting, you know. She always, whenever, whenever I get around her, she'll want me to go to church with her and I, I enjoy it, you know. But I found it interesting at the end they had these, uh, I don't know what they call, maybe you know, do you know what they, where they pray? Uh, there's a prayer request. You know, there's, there's like several of them. And there were like, one of them was, uh, <clears throat> I want you to pray for, you know, my cousin. He broke his foot and he's in the hospital. And I want you to pray for my, uh, I want you to pray for my aunt's family. They're traveling back in, from, from Tennessee to Chicago. And so they, they prayed, you know. For that one, I remember the prayer. Oh, Lord, ride in the car. You know, ride, ride with them. And I'm thinking, boy, I'm telling you, that's not a fun ride to ride from Tennessee to Chicago. It's eight, nine hours. And I'm saying, I want you to ride too, you know. Ride in that car. Get in there. You know, and I hope you don't have to, we don't have to stop so you can go to the bathroom a lot or something, you know. Hope you don't eat a lot, but I want you to ride in the car. I'm thinking, boy, that just sounds so impersonal. I want you to ride, you know. We wouldn't want, we wouldn't want them, we wouldn't ask somebody we love to do something uncomfortable, you know. That's just, 
and uncomfortable thing. I thought that was kind of funny. You know? uh, so, but the number of things that they were, you know, do this, do this, do this, do this. Not one person. What can I do for you? Let's see. Now, that, that is a representation of spiritual life. It's kanishta. But it's, it's better than not thinking of God. Trying to engage God as your servant is better than not thinking of Him at all. Or going around professing that He doesn't exist. You see? There is no, there is no after, uh, afterlife. So you, you should grab all the enjoyment you can in this life. Because when death comes, it's just finished. There is no God. There is no afterlife. You know, like that. It's better than that. But how do we compare it to the bhakti level? How can it even... I mean, it's not in the same league, you see. Because the bhaktis, they're, they're trying to say to Krishna, my dear Lord, please engage me in your loving devotional service. The devotee's always wondering. We're all... We spend a lot of our time wondering, uh, does, does Krishna want me to do that? I've got this idea to do this. Does Krishna, is that what he wants? Oh, Krishna, please show me what you want. Should I do this? Should I do that? You know, should I, should I get a place far from the temple and close to the university and use it as a, a preaching? Or should we get closer to the, you know, oh, come on, help me, you know. I don't have an opinion. You know, sometimes uh, uh, people say, "Well, what do you want to go?" I, I don't. I don't want to go with what I want. I'm trying to figure out what's the best thing uh, to do for my spiritual life, and that means to please Krishna, to please Guru and Krishna. I don't. I don't want to look back and say, "Well, why did you do that? Why didn't you do this? That would be better for for your preaching or for your service." You see, the devotee wants to do whatever he can to enhance his service. He wants to enhance what he does for Krishna. You see, he doesn't think about, well, but I need to, and I want, and I want, and I prefer. It's kind of like you know, if 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 Krishna gets you into a corner, sometimes you have to say, well, all right, I prefer this one over that one. Sometimes Krishna will get you to make a decision. But the devotee spends most of his time. How much time do we spend trying to figure out what is it? What does Krishna want? Okay, we got choice A, B, or C. Wonder which one he wants. You see, not like, oh, I prefer that. You know, the devotee after a while he gets out of the habit of thinking, well, I prefer. You know, I prefer. If it gets down to both of the same, then okay, I prefer this one. You know, both they look like they'll serve Krishna the same way. You know, I'll make some choice. You see. So, um, and, and uh, the devotee is always speaking philosophy that will please the supreme Lord. Praising the Lord pleases him. This is what Vyasadeva has left out. He left it out, and Narada is pointing it out. This is why you're not feeling you're not feeling satisfied. Why? Because you haven't satisfied Krishna. If you had put praise of 
the Supreme Lord in what you had compiled, Krishna would be pleased. And you would be pleased, therefore. If you please Krishna, you would be pleased. You see? It's pleasing to us to hear the praises of the Lord. It's pleasing to Him. You see? So we have to watch uh, this philosophy. Uh, it says, that philosophy which does not satisfy the transcendental senses of the Lord is considered worthless. So we avoid talking about uh, any type of philosophy. If it doesn't please the Lord, what's the use of it? You see? If it does, then we can, we can sing it all day and all night. But if it doesn't please Krishna, then we don't, we don't need to, uh, to go there. There's so much... Uh, Energy being spent right now on, uh, even and by devotees as well, you know, so much, uh, all the conspiracies that are going on. You know, the, the drug companies are conspiring, the government's conspiring, they're all conspiring, they're all out to get us. You know, um, they want to kill off the population. I mean, it's a different one every day. I don't know who the they, who is the they? Who are these bad guys? That, you know, we're, and why are we spending any time? I was not even so much. Why are we spending any time listening to it? You see, of course there are conspiracies. There's always been conspiracies. Yes? Yeah, you know? Time Magazine had uh, a magazine they printed just on that topic. Who the they is, the Illuminati, and, and who these rich families are that we're all serving. <laughs> they came up with a special issue for like nine bucks. <laughs> and you can find out who the they is. <laughs> who is the they? It is rich families like um, the Gettys and the uh, Rothschilds and just families throughout history who have tried to take over <coughs> financial control of the world. That was, I mean, I just looked at it in the grocery yeah. line. But uh, that is, you know, how the conspiracy theories get started. It gets started from, 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 from them. I yeah. found it funny. I mean, I just sort yeah. Well, and they, they meet together at certain places in the world and they have these conferences and they talk about how to control the human population. Yeah, like that's working. <laughs> yeah, like that's working. Yeah, but it's the industrial military complex. I mean, they would like for the countries to be at, at odds with each other, fight, engage, and that's how they make their money and their profit. Mm -hmm. If everybody was peaceful and praying to Krishna, there would be no war. There would be no war and business wouldn't be very good. <laughs> you know? yeah, that's it. Money I, wouldn't be flowing. I remember during the Vietnam War, yeah. people were saying, oh, this is a terrible war, we hate this war. But boy, the economy was really good. Yeah. You know? I was working for this one company that, that uh, part of what we, they made household appliances. But part of what they did was they made ammunition for the government. And the government was eating up so much of it that the, the stock was through the roof and you know, it was all kind of, the company was just cash rich. They had all this money. So, you know, they were saying, gee, it was too bad about the war, but it's kind of nice, you know, in a way. This money is great. So, um, yeah, there's, it, you can always, uh, if, you, if you follow the money, you'll find the reason for everything. Whatever, no matter what it is, look for who's making the money, and you'll find the reason. The Vaishas have been in control uh, since, and, and they're not even good Vaishas. God, Vaishas protect cows, but these are business people. This yeah, happened. They're eating cows. They're eating. They're Vaishas that are eating cows. They should be protecting, but they're they're business people. 
Oh, there's, it's just like, why is anybody surprised? Because the Vaishas, the George Washington, Benjamin Franklin, these folks, they wanted to keep more of their money. So they decided that we're going to fight the king and take this country away from him. So for the first time, the Vaishas overthrew the monarchy. They overthrew the Chatriyas. The Chatriyas were in. They, the Chatriyas were some, many year, ages before they would take uh, advice and direction from the Brahmins. Well, that went away. So then the Vaishas took over. And since 1776, it's, that's been the thing. It's just the Vaishas get more and more. Uh, I say Vaishya, I use that term loosely. Yeah. Business people have been able to take over. Everything in, in the world is based on, as they say in Texas, business. Business. Right? You follow the money. Look for the money trail and you'll find out why wars are fought and find out who does what. And it's for business. It's, it's, it's to keep people productive so that uh, they, they want... Uh, um, the products that, that are on the shelves and the services have to be bought by somebody. So they, they, they want you to be employed and give you money because you'll throw it right back at them. The more they give you, the more you'll throw at them. They know that, it's, it works, especially in America. Americans, know they're not really big on saving money. You know, in Asia, they like to save money. You know, Indians and all, all, type, all over uh, Asia, they're, they're very good at saving. Um, but you get into Euro Europeans and Americans, they just, Americans especially. And as a matter of fact, not only do I not save, I spend more than I make. You know, uh, they, I always live above my means because there's so much here. So uh, when we start passing around these philosophies of like uh, conspiracy theories, yes, there's a conspiracy. There are always conspiracies. There always have been. There always will be conspiracies. But they don't have anything to do necessarily with that. And even if we find out about them, what are we going to do? Probably, let me see, I don't know. Oh yeah, Chan Hare Krishna. You see? Let's go on with what we do under the protection of Krishna. Let's spread, it. Let's spread this movement. We don't have time. It's just like there was a judge. I've told you this before, but uh, uh, I think I have anyway. Judge Wait Tomorrow's told me this joke about conspiracy theorists. You know, two guys are out on a boat fishing, and this one guy is a conspiracy theorist, and he's telling the other guy that yeah, you know, there were um, like five or six people involved in the Kennedy assassination. George Bush blew up the World Trade Center and Dick Cheney and all these, he's going off, coming off with all these conspiracy theories. And the guy said, well, come on. The other guy said, how could that possibly be? You know, how could they cover up something like that? And the guy said, because these conspiracies go all the way to the top. And about that time, a big wave came and knocked the boat over and they both drowned. And so they, here they are in heaven. And uh, God is there. He says, hey, welcome. You know, welcome to heaven. Gee, sorry you died, but here you are. And uh, 
you know, just so you know everything, you probably have a lot of questions, but I, I was listening in on, on the conversation just before you guys died. And, uh, no, there was a, one person, one gun that killed Kennedy, and George Bush and Dick Cheney did not blow up the World Trade Center. And the one conspiracy theorist turns to the other guy and he said, you see what I told you? The conspiracies go all the way to the top. <laughs> and if you don't, if you disagree, then you're part of it. You're part of it. So my, my whole point is, why are we wasting our time with this? It's just uh, fun. It's just something interesting to do, an interesting waste of time. Yes, Paul, did you have a question? Yeah, um, on that topic, I mean, basically it's always a rule about fear also. Because if you look at when at that time frame, Bush was going through the, like, everyone was orange, yellow, green levels, whatever. Yeah, yeah. The terrorists, and every time it would go to orange level, they were showing companies that were, it was, it was interesting, that they would make, like, for that week, $100 million plus based on people's fear. I mean, that goes all the way back Self-interest is the poison. That is the poison. When I'm looking out for I, me, and mine. philosophy, you see, uh, it, it, 
now we have to actually have um, we have to have fundraising drives to feed the hungry. We didn't used to have to do that. You know, people took care of people just because, just if they needed, if there were needy people, there, there weren't dead dead people in the streets from starving to death from neglect, you see. Um, the, the roads were built in the uh, uh, early United States. The, the people who, who made money donated enough money to the government to keep things going. There was no income tax until, what was it, 1913, 1939, or something like one of you know. Early 1900s, there was no income tax. So, but the, the country did extremely well. Went to war, you see. Uh, there was nobody dying of hunger. People were fed. Um, there was so much charity. There's always been charity. So uh, there became a little bit of a necessity for it as people started up this I need mine stingy attitude. And then we saw that, ooh, there's money to be made in, in charity. Because if I manage the this drive or that drive or this fund or that fund, I get to keep a certain percentage. Legally, it's legal. Keep a certain percentage for my cost and and for my income. So it's very common. You know, how much money, like the United Fund, or the the people who want, you know, the people who have this starving little child in South America or India. They have a starving child, and for thirty dollars a month or whatever, you can see that little Jose is. God has clean water or whatever, you see. Well, how much really gets to this child? You know, who knows? Enough, uh, they keep it enough to stay legal. Uh, I remember when we were doing paintings in Dallas in the 1980s. The Dallas Temple was doing paintings. And we asked the Red Cross if we could, uh, you know, how can we, you know, if we, if, can we collect for you? You know, and can we use you that we're collecting for the Red Cross or um, Boy Scouts or some one of those? I forget who it was. So on, some big national charity, and we felt like if we can say that we're collecting for the Red Cross or for whatever, that people would be more charitable, and they were. But they had no specification on how much we had to give them. We started giving them like. You know, seven or eight percent of what we took in. You know, seven to ten percent. Sometimes we give them ten percent, and we're any minute we're thinking, "Oh my God, they're going to be, they're going to be here trying to say, what are you doing with all this money that you're collecting?" They didn't keep it. Nobody kept any records. They didn't ask for anything. So what happened is we got a call one day from the from the charity, and they said we're uh, we're having our annual fun fundraiser on television. And you guys are one of our biggest donors. And we'd like you to come on TV and accept the reward. Nice. <laughs> and here we're given like seven, ten percent. And they're like, they're treating us like we're kings, like we're the most charitable people in the world. And they're praising like everything. And so here it is on TV. We sent uh, uh, Maturna's wife, Mother Leela. You know, she accepted the reward of the award and on television, and he said, you know, 
and they're saying, oh, but they didn't know we were the Hare Krishnas. Uh -huh. They didn't know, we, you know we, we kept that secret. We were. Um, what did you portray yourself as? Just a charitable group? Uh, no, we were, uh, uh, let's see, what was the name of it? The, the House of Art. We formed a business, the House of Art. And we, we, our business was to sell paintings. Yeah. And we decided that we wanted to give and share our income with the, with the Red Cross. And, uh, and so <laughs> we thought we were scamming them by giving just a, a few percentage points. But they loved it, you know, so much that they thought we were incredibly generous. So from that I realized, you know, what, what, what's really going on out there? <coughs> Look, there's a lot of the charity is a good business. You know, anything that's popular is a good business. There's not much done that's very uh, promoted that doesn't bring in some dinero for somebody. You see, there's there's money there. So uh, the, the 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 people who are doing these charity things, they're collecting, you know, gazillions of dollars, and. Uh, and, and some of it actually gets to the cause, but nowhere near as much as we think, because we're we're attracted by the money. You see? Yes, Paul. It's funny you say that. Go Paul and I were doing bicycles, and we um, built these bikes for charities, one was for the Breast Cancer Foundation, and the other one was for Lance Armstrong, the Little Strong Foundation. And I had gone out to a uh, traffic, and there was a girl who was a she was quadriplegic who was, you know, was looking at the bike that she had, she was swimming, you know, cycling, you know, basically cycling with her hands. So she would be in there and we were, we were just trying to figure out how to go faster. So we looked at the, you know, I looked at the bike and trying to come up with some ideas. And I proposed this to one of the bike companies and they said there was only 300,000 quadriplegics in the world that were in following triathlons. And they said there wasn't enough of them to make enough money. It's sad to you because you know you look at the bicycles and they go, well, we can't do this because of that. Not because they're making all this money, you know. And these bikes, they, I mean, this girl's like something would come up because she was paying like four or five thousand dollars for this one bike. And then, you know, I'm looking at that and I'm like, well, we can, you know, make it carbon fiber, make it faster, you know, change some of the stuff. You know, not a big enough market. Not a big enough market. Yeah. That's what was said. By, it was actually by three of the top uh, cycling companies. Yeah. <coughs> It all gets down to business. You know? So, uh, you know, it's just like uh, the health fads. There's always a health fad. Eat more of this. Stop eating that and eat this instead. And, uh, you know, and if you, you know, it's, it's because there's business. It's, it's, very, it's very difficult to find the truth. The only truth is chanting Hare Krishna, become an eternal servitor, servitor of the Lord, to offer all your energy to serving Krishna. That's the only truth. The rest of it in this material world is just, how can I make some, some profit off of you? Not that they're mean and nasty. That's what, the, that's what makes the world tick. Everybody needs profit. Everybody needs uh, to get a hold of a few dollars or a few rupees or whatever. So, and if I have to do that, uh, then sometimes I might have to lie. I might have to mislead you. You see, because I need, I need to keep the dollars flowing. So, 
that's the nature of the world. So, Bill, if we want the truth, if we want to be dealt with on it with the, uh, in a truthful manner, then we have to deal with those who are chanting Hare Krishna and saving, trying to save the fallen conditioned souls. You see, that's that's the that's the only truth. Some people say, "Well, no, how can that be? How can that be the only truth?" Service to God is what makes things real. You see, uh, because uh, that is my eternal constitutional position, servant of God. So the only true, real activity is service to God. Other than that, there is, there is no real activity. Now you can do activities, but it's not real. You see. Real action means to use uh, what, some energy to serve God. If you're not serving God, it's practically speaking not even happening. Just this, this microphone, actually, in reality, doesn't even exist unless it's being used to serve Krishna. The purpose of everything is to be used in Krishna's service. That's what makes, that's the only real activity. You see? Anything else is it's not, it's not real, it's illusory. There's no one else to serve. But Krishna, God is the one who receives all the service, the service, you see. There is no one to serve. Now we may try to serve ourselves or whatever, but it's 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 ludicrous, you see. The only real activity is activity used to serve the Supreme. Everything else is you know, useless. Alright, what do you say we wrap it up? Thank you so much. All glories to Shiva Prabhupada.